welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. It's good to be back together. Nice to see you. <laughs> I literally haven't seen you in three weeks. I know. It's... Uh, listeners know last week it was just me and Angie. The week right. before it was just you and Ian. This is the first time in three weeks that our schedules and, and, and podcasting plans have worked out that the two hosts of the show are actually hosting the show together. What did you think of them Oscars, David? Uh, I had a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, and we do have a guest. Oh, I, I will hold on. I will say, uh, I, I'm sure this. Ca- I haven't. Apologies. I haven't listened to your episode on the Oscars. That's fine. Um, but uh, I feel like I'm alone in like my favorite part of the Oscars was the fact that Eminem performed. <laughs> like, uh, because you know, I think be I was talking with friend of the show, uh, well, friend of the uh, Battleship Retention editor uh, at large, uh, Scott Nye. And apparently I'm the, uh, the only person in our friend group who immediately remembers like, right, Eminem didn't perform the year that Lose Yourself was nominated. So as soon as he came out, I was like, oh, they're making up for the fact that he didn't perform. I Whereas did. everyone else was like, why is Eminem here? The <laughs> thing he gets me is like, old. it wasn't like it was 20 years since 8 Mile came out. Like there, there was no specific landmark. I think this is the first time that he said yes. I will bet. Sure. That Every year after. I'll bet since the 10-year reunion of Lose, Lose Yourself or, sure. or of 8 Mile, the Oscars have been asking him and him to perform, and this is the first year that he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure, what the hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I would have enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't dislike the performance, uh, and I did enjoy seeing confused faces in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think what got me was that, like, you know, they bleep out so much of it. Uh, or they didn't bleep it out, but like they dropped the sound uh, because there's like an inappropriate lyric or something and just kept me from really enjoying the song. Okay. That's that's weird. It's, (laughs) it sounds like you don't listen. I guess I don't either. I listen to uh, stuff on Spotify, but if you listen to like hip hop radio, Mm -hmm. that's very common. Right. Yes. And maybe this is one of the reasons that, well, one of several reasons why I don't, uh, is that I like to hear the whole thing. You know, I'm not going to vid angel this shit. Uh, but I feel, I, I, like I said, I listen to music on Spotify. I don't really listen to the radio, except I take Lyft sometimes. And mm-hmm. I feel like half the time it's listening sure. to, to like power one Oh six or whatever. I've been on a Van uh, Morrison kick lately. Uh, hey. and, uh, I've been really getting into him lately. So well, I'm just, going, the the other, short, I'm going the other direction on the short list of musical artists, angrier than Eminem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, now right. David, yes. you know what? Let's, let's, we were talking about music. Let's flip things around. Yeah. Uh, so I went into speaking of music when I, I, when I, when I listen to Spotify, uh, I, I often do so you usually do so using my, uh, tweaked audio.com earbuds. I want to tell you about tweaked audio.com tweaked audio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, what, hip hop songs have you been hearing? Well, you know what? About today 75% I, was just, of. I, I try to listeners know, I try to remain current. I try to be up on what the new music is. You know, I, 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 I can, I can sing you. I don't know what's, I, I know, I know all the Billie Eilish songs or whatever. Sure. I, don't know. I, I know what's going on and I generally like it. This morning I was listening to the new album by K-pop sensation BTS. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't, I can't get on board with BTS. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, and that's the uh, thing is like, if they were like, if you were going to like them, you would have liked them because they certainly sounded crystal clear with those earbuds. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but I just feel like the uh, it, it sounds so I don't understand what 
gravitates people to BTS specifically over any other like pop right now. It sounds sure. very, very much like everything else to me. Now, see, that's how you know, David. You're not current. Yeah, I guess so. Eventually, everything you don't like will sound like everything else you don't like. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So. But it's all sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Uh, and then this episode is also brought to you by the short film White to Play. Uh, now, there are some questions in this ad here. And, I'm, David, I'm just going to ask you these questions. So you, feel free to answer if you like. Uh-huh. Uh, do you like the game of chess? I do. Do you like cinema? Yeah, I do. Oh, boy, David, I've got good news for you. Uh-huh. Uh, then you will love White to Play. It's an upcoming short fantasy film about a tournament chess player who gets more than he reckoned for. Locked in a tense and heated game with a dangerous opponent, Michael finds himself... Uh, looking mortality right in the face. I almost said morality. I was like, oh, is he going to cheat? No, it's mortality. It's a bigger deal. Um, Incorporating classical fantasy with a twist of existential horror, the movie will leave you thrilled, chilled, and fulfilled. Ooh, I like that. I like the the triple rhyme there. Uh Uh-huh. So they just they there are only a few days left in the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, so if you want to help out with the project, project just go to battleshippretension.com and click on the white to play graphic on the left hand side. Um, yeah, right now like the their budget is like nine thousand. Uh, they're not coming close to it, uh, but again, yeah. like it's Indiegogo, so anything you give yeah. is something that they can put towards the project. And yeah, so, so I would, I would encourage wanna, people to do it. You like, want to be chilled, thrilled, and fulfilled or not? Exactly. Oh, man. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Okay. We, as you mentioned briefly before, I cut you off to talk about Eminem. Sure. We have a guest, mm-hmm. a very important guest, I think. Why don't you tell the listeners who our guest is? All right. So, David, uh, about like about a year ago, you were telling me about this film, uh, Deep Murder. A little over a year ago, September 2018, it played at the LA wow. Film Festival. The one time the LA Film Festival moved to September, and then it was such success, they said, "You know what? We're not doing the LA Film Festival anymore. We can't get any better <laughs> than this one." Maybe they thought September was the first month, and they're like, "Well, we can't go any earlier than this, so we might as well just, you know, there's no negative months." Uh, but anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then shortly, and then uh, a few months ago, I watched it uh, for the first time, and it was everything uh, that you said it was, and even a little bit more, in my opinion. So, uh, so we reached out to one of the co-writer and s- star, and just all around, just you know, look, this film wouldn't be a, possible without our guest today. It's Quinn Beswick. Pen, uh, Quinn, how you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for that introduction. That was amazing. I've never heard it. Oh, the, oh, the LA Film Fest. Gone too soon. I love you know? it. It was really fun. I will always have a place in my heart for the LA Film Festival because when we were, st- I mean, we're still a pretty scrappy organization here, but when, when I was like, we were first like trying to insist to publicists like, 
Hey, we're, we're press. We're real. We're yeah. real. Like the LA Film <laughs> Festival is like the first festival to credential me. So I always oh, have a, awesome. a, sure. a soft spot. And yeah, this 2019 was, it was devoid of LA Film Festival. It was mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, I knew there was something wrong with 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one so. thing. That yeah. was it. <laughs> I've, I've I never, I never went. So uh, mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. really gone to any film festivals. I know, I've noticed. Except for <laughs> well, except for the International Christian Film Festival, uh, but that's just so that I can go and lecture and talk about how bad their movies are. Mm. Yeah, and then fun. sell my book, telling them the same thing. Buy my book. Great. Buy, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's in my head. I would say a hundred times a day. So. Oh yeah, somebody <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, this is one. This this is why the internet exists. Mm. Somebody on YouTube took that clip from the critic. The critic. The yeah. critic. Great, and looped it for show. 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the, um, so I love those 10 hour ones. My favorite 10 hour one. I've never seen the movie Along Came Polly, but I've mm. seen <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman wipe out on the dance floor. Oh, that someone, step <laughs> slip. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so good. That, and I've, I've, I saw the, the Blink-182 I Miss You verse, the like Tom DeLonge verse. Someone just looped that oh, for really? 10 hours. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. And wow. yeah, it's fascinating. Um, it's it is oddly hypnotic, and there what was it? There was a, there was a South Park episode in which uh, the car- it was called Cash for Gold, mm. uh, and they go through like this long uh, cyclical process of like selling your gold to a pawn shop, and then the pawn shop sends it off. They melt it down, and then they set, turn it into. Uh, like jewelry that grandparents give their children, then their children pawn it. And then it just keeps going around. Uh And this musical, uh, this very silly, ridiculous musical, uh, sequence kicks in and somebody looped that for about three hours. (laughs) And I found it oddly hypnotic. I listened to, I'm going to say more of it than I should have. Sure. Probably a solid 40 minutes of it. Yes. While yeah. I was doing other things. When you find something you like, you got to <laughs> yeah. write it out. You're like, this is an odd muse. I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. that. but I think the longest thing I've ever... We'll get to the topic, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. but is the, the longest thing I've ever about. actually... No, I didn't watch it all, but I listened to it over the course of two days on YouTube. There was a band, I forget their name, like a metal band, who did an, a song that was... It was one song that was 11 hours and 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I did, over the course of two work days, listen to the entire song while I was working. Because I was... I loved that it was 11 hours and 10 minutes long because if it were 10 hours long, it'd be like, okay, this band set out to write a 10 hour long song. The right. fact that it's 11 hours and 10 minutes, it's like, no, this is how long they felt the song to needed. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's this how is long the amount took. of time yeah. we need to tell this. Uh, to, and to one of them said this. like, what if it was 11 15 and they're like, we're not that, that would be excessive. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want to respect um, our listeners. time. <laughs> now, before we get into, uh, talking about deep murder and I'm sure we'll talk more about the LA film festival. Obviously. Uh, I always, whenever I have a guest on the, fr- on, on the, uh, on the show for the first time, I always ask them where they're from. You, uh, we were talking off mic. I know you're yeah. from Encino. I am like, from, uh, yeah, I'm from the like Valley. Frazier. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Encino man. Yeah, of course. Massive, huge deal. It must have been such a huge because you would. I'm guessing you're about my age or mm-hmm. younger, so you would have been like middle school, elementary I, what, school. Yeah, it was like it feels. It feels like it sort of just existed my entire okay. life, and, and like I probably just didn't know about it for a while. But then it, it seemed to always be on TV. It was like Encino, I guess, is like a very cool place to be from. And then watching it, it's basically uh-huh. about how it's like he's such a loser because he happens to be from Encino, which was like, OK. Really? And yeah, there he says some line of like, I'm not going down as just some 
nerd from Encino or loser from Encino. Wow. And I remember being like, I'm when I'm an adult, I'm gonna get that like tattooed on my <laughs> chest. And so I didn't. Really, I just looked it up. Ninety two was uh, I was earlier. Oh, I thought it was like 94, yeah, so 95, was, 92. So I was in yeah, elementary was school. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I don't think I've seen it since. Oh, sure. I, I do remember that I had so. Growing up, seeing movies was often very difficult for me, especially new movies. My, my, I, you know, I was one of four kids. We weren't rich. Going to the movies it was a couple times a year thing. And even renting movie, like renting movies, my mom would usually be like, "Just uh, get something from the older shelf," because like mm-hmm. the new releases were too expensive. So new movies often I wouldn't see them for a long time. But my way of experiencing the movies is when the uh, scholastic order form would come around. Oh yeah. I would order the novelizations. So I That's read, right. I read the Encino Amazing. man novelization wow. before I ever saw Encino. Man. Oh, how, I, f- I forget how many movies that they used to novelize pretty much all. If they're everything. doing yeah. Encino man, they're doing everything. I had Grumman's yeah. two. Okay. I had bingo. Remember now, which, bingo? which, which, which batch is That's that? the new batch. That's the new batch. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a title. Oh, so good. Oh, that movie's the best. Yeah, it really is. Um, so then how, okay, we talked about Encino Man. Hopefully that wasn't your only entree right, to so, cinema. Yes. How, how so yeah, so I, grew, I, I grew up in the Valley, um, and at the time there was um, the, what was the Tarzana Man, like the Man Theater's theater in Tarzana, okay. um, which was down uh, like on Ventura Boulevard. And I feel like that was like the, all the formative movies that I saw happen there. Like I remember, I remember seeing clueless there mm. and being like, this is another, like I, for the first time sort of noticing landmarks that I've seen before in oh, real sure, life sure. and being like, okay, so they, they make these here like yeah. for real. This just came up in one of our Patreon episodes because I live in North Hollywood now mm-hmm. only a few blocks from circus liquor and the big, the big yeah. clown from clueless. So yeah. I see it the most huge. literally drove past this. Yeah. yeah. Huge landmark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 that was definitely a big thing. And I was a kid. I'm the youngest of, th- of three boys. So I have two older brothers. Um, and we had, uh, cable, and I remember that that was like at the time now, of course, it seems like insane, but that there was like a channel that like showed movies constantly. And I feel they it still had that loop of like it would be the same like four movies every day. Oh, right, just right, right. like once they got to the end of the fourth, the first one would start again. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that becoming like the currency of being able to like quote things at school or whatever and figuring out who your people were that liked the same movies as you. Um, and I remember very clearly one day, whenever it was like early, would have been early nineties or like mid nineties driving home, uh, in the back of my mom's car and our street was blocked off and there were like cops and then these big trucks And the cop, you know, stopped our car and he was like, there's no through traffic. They're filming something here. And my mom was like, oh, we actually live at the end of the end of the block. And he was like, oh, okay." And she said, what what are you filming? And he said, it's a movie about pornography in (laughs) the 70s. Hmm. And my mom was like, "Okay." And then we (laughs) drove up. And I remember I, I thought it was one like one word. 
So I asked my mom, what's pornography in the 70s? <laughs> and, and she was like, oh, there was like the around here where we live. They used to make these old movies that they that they still sort of make, but like not really that much anymore. And they were making Boogie Night. They were shooting. Boogie right. Night. Yeah. Um, and the the that house, uh, the Alfred Molina house that they oh. break into on the side was on our street. Wow. So we had to, yeah, drive past that. Um, I didn't see that movie till later on <laughs> in life, but I was, yeah, I got a real soft spot for that one too. Um, you mentioned, so the, I don't know, uh, I don't know where the man theater was, mm-hmm. but the, uh, Encino has a Lemley theater. Yes, true. The town center five. Oh, yeah. So Encino, like I know Encino, Encino man, I don't yeah, want to be a loser. Lemley, yeah, like, exactly. Encino is where you can go to see like independent art house yeah, movies. That's all Wiener Dog, I think, that, the last Todd yeah, Solon's movie yeah, in Encino. That coming in, yeah, the Lemley, I feel like it was, I can't remember if it was like, if it was built later on or like when I was a kid or they sort of fixed up the whole, it's like a big shopping center. Yeah. A huge shopping center and it's on like the ground floor. And I remember seeing, my brothers and I went to see um, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon in the theaters there. I remember mm. being so excited. And one of my fondest movie theater experience memories is we were there. It, it was a, a much older clientele at the Lemley because it was like, still you is. Know, so, yes. Yeah. That that art house, you know, sort of the, the movies you don't see every other, you know, place in the world. And we were sitting and this older woman stood up in the row in front of us. And was doing the, the you know, side step uh-huh. her way out and walked by us and ripped the loudest fart. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole, oh, and the whole theater's laughing. It's also, you know, obviously a movie that's subtitled. So yeah. you could hear like a pin drop of everybody's reading and just this huge, huge fart. And everybody started laughing and she did not come back. Oh, which was we, a real yeah I you know think, what like good f- I know this sounds weird good for her yeah she was like realizing, I'm like, not going back in there yeah. <laughs> like, I'm done for the day I'm going it. home I'm going to yeah. bed no, I think she's <laughs> like George Costanza who gets the big laugh in the meeting and she's and like, like oh, I can't go yeah exactly she's Go like, out I'm not going to top that <laughs> going out on top um, yeah funny oh. thing about the my favorite thing about the town center five I'm not sure was the last time you were there mm-hmm. but that theater has a there's a frozen yogurt stamp shop like right next door and there's a big sign on the ticket window that says no frozen yogurt allowed in the theater <laughs> and was, I, when I, I think it was at wiener dog there were multiple people who snuck frozen yeah, yogurt you in have the to. <laughs> totally and yeah i used to go yeah the the uh the best waffles in the world directly across and what's it called it's uh more than waffles more than waffles that's yes. right i was tr- i was literally as you were huh. saying i was trying to think like what's the name of that waffle place yeah, more than waffles. <laughs> more than waffles it feels like it, it they took it out of disneyland and like <laughs> plopped it down there it yeah. sort of feels like yeah they're the you know mickey mouse is gonna start like walking around and it's uh, so nice and uh oddly enough i've uh never been in there i mm. just my first thought was like it became a joke amongst my friends and i when we would go to the lemley it would just be like be like i'm in the mood it's like i just want waffles <laughs> yeah. that's not the that's place not the for place us for yeah <laughs> no no <laughs> it is extremely good and still yeah i, t- I tried to go maybe like a, a, a few months ago was going to like my girlfriend and I were going to go cause she had never been. And it was still like an hour and a half wait wow. or something wow. insane. And it was like, wow, good for them. Did you still explain the- to them that you only wanted walk? Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not here for this yeah. more thing <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. I go you to- have like a walk up window where I can <laughs> yeah. just get the waffle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It's just uh, like I go to linens and things. I'm like, just save it on the things. Sh- I just want linens. I don't, yeah, all I want is there's, linens. You remind me, there's a diner in Simi Valley called Eggs and Things that is delicious, but like that's a weird, weirdly unappetizing name because it sounds like they like also sell hardware or something. <laughs> right, exactly. like, like I don't know what the things are. It's like a uh, Cracker Barrel down yeah. south where they just sell everything there. Um, now, if, uh, if we were better podcasters, we would have been able to transition from the pornography in the 70s talk oh, to Deep Murder. Exactly, true. That, that, I, I mean, but, I uh, thought about it, but yeah. I was like, no, we still need to talk I, about yeah. Encino. I That's had to true. get to this frozen yogurt thing. Obviously, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, so for the, for the list, listeners who don't know, uh, even though we've talked about it a couple times, we could tell the listeners. Why don't you tell the listeners what Deep Murder is? Oh, sure. Which so, you, you can find on Shutter, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Shutter and Crackle. Shutter. It's on Crackle. Crackle. Yeah. You can buy it at the Cracker Barrel. Uh, iTunes. Sure. Uh, eggs and things. And eggs and things. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, Deep Murder is a murder mystery comedy horror. Yeah. Set inside the world of a softcore porn. So it's not, which is still kind of fun. And we have not really fixed it when it, when sort of they put up a synopsis or something. There seems to be all the different places you can watch it, a different <laughs> synopsis or how to ex- oh, sure. explain it. Um, and so it's not on the set of a softcore porn we we like uh pleasantville was sort of a uh a okay. comp for us going in of like if instead of you see the person getting like sucked into the television or you know like wakes up in the world ours was just like uh uh you know six characters in search of an author just like you you are in this world of a softcore porn and you are the trope that that you're given um, so there's, you know, the jock, the milf, the scientist, the, you know, the baby cuck, overworked dad. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Babysitter, nerd, <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, so, so we thought, um, of, of clue and Pleasantville, um, being sort of an in, and then there's, you know, these loving homages, there's like a lot of, you know, John Carpenter shout outs and, you know, other horror things. Cause it just felt inherently perfect for this world to be like, if you're stuck basically in these four walls and, you know, something starts happening to you and you don't know the outside world, like how scary and weird and creepy that could be. Um, and, and then the, the comedy just was, you know, really what we wanted to hit the most. Um, so it's a lot of stuff we try to put into this, you know, 85 minute movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, what I do like about people not understand or knowing how to explain it in, in synopses or something that, that you'll see online is, you know, things with, with letterbox or, you know, uh, reviews that people write the amount of times people are like, I did not know, <laughs> like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and actually when, when like producers or, or people asked us for, you know, the writers for a synopsis, the one that we turned in was, uh, deep murder is a movie that takes place in a house is, is <laughs> what we wrote. And from there they were like, no, like you gotta give us, something else but 
that that's really how we wanted people going into it. Um, I, that, well, the, sorry, the house thing reminds me of the story, and I can't remember if it was you or or the director Nick uh, Corey Rossi. Yeah, Corey Rossi, yeah. or someone else. But at the Q and A at at LA Film Fest, someone told a story about the house where you shot it. Oh yeah, that there's a cameo in the movie from an actual uh, porn star. Mm-hmm. And when she showed up to work that day, she was like, Oh, I've been here before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nicky Benz, who's, who is gets, I, I still think maybe the biggest laugh in the entire movie <laughs> when it plays, uh, with an audience. She's like, she's so funny and has this really funny reaction. Um, but yeah, she was, <laughs> she walked in and immediately was like, Oh yeah, I've been here. And then Chris red who plays, uh, the jock, you know, she she was brought around and introduced to everybody, and he was like, "I know you," <laughs> and not you know not understanding. She was like, "Okay," and he was like, I, "Have we worked together? Have I seen you in something?" Then someone was like, "She's a very you know popular porn star, very," and he was like, "That's it," <laughs> and he was like, "Wow, this is very cool to be able to meet someone." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she was super cool. But yeah, the the house that so the whole movie takes place in this one house that we did. Um, we never go outside of it really the the only like establishing shots we have are uh, like drone shots above the house mm-hmm. that are actually of the house and yeah when we showed up uh, the first day um, to sort of you know set up you know trucks and lighting and all of that stuff um, neighbors came over and were like we have a lot of kids on this street who live here and, and the house itself has a lot of windows uh-huh. and the house has been used a lot for actual porn right. shoots that they're like our kids uh, after school will look through this window and see, you know, a sex scene being filmed and we don't want any more porn being shot basically on the street. And we're like, don't worry about it. This is a real, you know, this is a, 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 a film. We're making like a, a movie. It's a comedy they're like, okay, what's it about? <laughs> we had to be like, okay, so it is about, it's, it's about porn. It's a, it's a porn, but like a parody. And they're like, ugh, and they all walked off. Um, but the house is, is so insane and like sort of falling apart. Hmm. And like, where, where is it? Can you say where it's uh, where? in Bel Air? Okay. okay. So it's like this huge, uh, yeah, all, windows overlooking you know this beautiful shot but then when you sort of go outside of the house you see that yeah it's sort of like decaying almost Mm -hmm. there are pillars there's like a bunch of pillars but they're not really like connected to anything they like seem to be arbitrarily put up and then something else was built sort of into them it just it, it, it it was so perfect for us because we didn't want it to feel, you know, claustrophobic really when you're watching. But every room we go into and all of that stuff was practically shot in the house. And we did it in 15 days. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really lucked out with it. Oh, so strange. But, uh, yeah, it was nice. We really super duper lucked out with that house. Yeah, when I... When I tried to describe the movie to friends, um, friends that that can like think in terms of like abstract concepts, they're like, "Oh, okay, no, I got it." It's right. like being you know one genre encroaching on another. It's like, "Okay, that got it." Um, 
but having to start from a place like so like uh, if I'm talking to somebody that's younger than uh, f- like more than five years younger than myself I have to lead off with like do, do, do you remember Cinemax right. <laughs> and yeah. it's like no it's like yeah why would you okay of course uh, not yeah it's like okay uh, all right imagine do you know what softcore porn is? <laughs> and they're like, no. I'm like, okay, yeah, right. oh, boy, this is. Yeah, I know. It's like, imagine a soap opera, but people are not really having sex and not even convincingly having sex. Totally. But there are occasionally breasts. And they're like, yes. okay, all right, got it. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> um, of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like talking about the, when you were asking, you know, ab- about starting watching movies, I feel like it, w- it was just such a thing of knowing if you could stay up late enough, <laughs> like all the movie channels that were on cable just started showing these softcore yeah. porns, um, that, yeah, the, the, so the first, maybe is it, it's like 10 minutes of the movie maybe is all shot to really look like, you know, this old sort of grainy, Way overlit, overexposed, like uh, Vaseline on the lens. Exactly, yeah. Vaseline look um, of of these movies that would always start with just so much instant exposition of like they only have twenty minutes and they probably have to fit in like three fake sex scenes probably into these movies, um, but it's always like you know this person is this and this is them and this is that and they meet and then you go and and yeah we I I guess it was sort of just age that we were like well everybody's gonna know everybody remembers these (laughs) and we put like a a fake it says Cinerax logo in the corner because we're like everybody remembers the you know little like Cinemax logos and (laughs) yeah there's a lot of times where people are like I didn't understand the first few minutes of it I'm like oh wow that's that's fascinating did not even cross my mind as a possibility yeah did you in you and your co-writers um did you watch a bunch of those as research? We watched. We, yeah. So we watched. Um, I remember we watched one where they go. It, it takes place on a space station. Okay. I think is what it is. Oh, boy. Um, and so we thought like, well, that's like a, they're going to be stuck in one location. You know, they've got like one location. Maybe that'll work. And. And yeah, but we had to like, I think we went because I think HBO Go or HBO Now still has the like after hours sure. tab or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so we watched a few of those. And yeah, once it got to, you know, the sex scenes, we would fast forward to be like, eh, you fast forward to the part. Yeah, exactly. Like 13 year old me would have been like, you loser. <laughs> like, what happened to you? Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, you have this at your fingertips and you're fast forwarding through it. Uh, yeah, so we watched we we watched like a couple of those to to try to replicate the we w- there is a a style of acting I will say that we try to replicate especially in the beginning that is the very you know stilted also like over the top everybody's always seems to sort of be like shimmying a little bit (laughs) as they're talking. Cause like everything, it's all just ramping up like the whole, every conversation just ramps up to then eventual sex scene. And so for ours, it was like, what if it just is ramping up and ramping up, but instead of 
the thing that they all know is coming that is a sex scene is that the guy who is going to, you know, have sex, he's dead. They just Mm -hmm. find him murdered. And the idea of that not going to plan and that instantly starting to crack the brains of these stock characters of like, if we're not doing the thing that I've always done, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I said earlier of like, uh, of, you know, the play, like six characters in search of an author, like, even though that's, you know, probably a, a, a more highbrow, you know, a classic piece of, <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a classic play that we're saying that we tried to emulate, but yeah, this, this, idea of you're told that you are this thing and if you're not that thing then what are you well and that's and was from that, a, sorry was that actually the 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 seed of the idea or was it just like wouldn't it be funny if and then you found that yeah so so primarily it started sorry as as you. us like we we there, there are four writers on the movie and we sort of treated it like a, a writer's room that the four of us would meet and it started with like what is a a cheap way to make a movie that, that we could do and one of the writers uh, Ben Smolin had the idea of he had the title already he just said Deep Murder and it's a it's like a murder mystery that happens in a I can't remember if it was in a softcore porn or on a softcore porn set or whatever it was. I think, I think it may have already had the idea of like, we're in the world of a softcore. Um, and from there we just started talking about like, well, yeah, that's, that's fun. Like it's, it's things that you instantly recognize of like pornography and horror and murder mystery all sort of put together. And something that I really liked about it immediately. And I think sort of, led us on the, on this path is like horror and pornography, I think are the genres that have the biggest like preconceived notions about what they are and, right. and what's going to happen. And they ha- both have a very specific, <clears throat> there's an expectation of the fans, which is we're always building up to something. Um, and granted, I mean, most, most movies, it could be a comedy, it could be a drama there is a sense of buildup, but the person may not always know exactly what they're building up to. You get to horror, you get to porn, soft or otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, and people have a very good idea <laughs> of what they, of what we are all building to. Um, right, you go to see a Fast and the Furious movie because you know there's going to be X number of car yeah, chases. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, one of the things that I, that I like about it, just one of my favorite things to talk about in general is the idea of genre and that at its core, it could be a Western, it could be film noir or, you know, a zombie movie. Yeah, they're all very similar in the themes and the settings and the iconography, but also the character types are going to be the same. Totally. And it's this idea of, like, what if... Because, like, in this case, it's a softcore porn. It's something that nobody takes dramatically seriously. Right. But we've seen parodies of Westerns. We've seen parodies of film noir before. And almost always it's... Imagine if this character who has a very uh, a predetermined way of acting uh, and reacting, uh, imagine if suddenly something comes along that just throws them off completely. Yeah. Um, they're still going to cling to this idea of, well, this is what has made the movie make sense. Uh, my li- This is what has made my life make sense up to this point, but it's 
it's failing me now. So I can either grow mm-hmm. uh, or or uh, stay where I am and not be able to handle myself. And so the idea of there being a genre aspect to it of like if you break some, if you break it enough, does it still fit within a certain genre or is it a new thing? Um, you know, and it's one of my favorite things about deep murder is that while it is often very funny, it, it, it allows me to, as like a, I was going to say college professor as an adjunct <laughs> instructor. Thank you. Uh, and film critic, it'll, it allows, it, it does what I think a lot of usually my favorite comedies do, which is I'm laughing a lot, but I'm also thinking a lot, not merely about this, not even necessarily about film, but also, if you'll pardon me, about life, like the various roles that we play and that like, oh, shit, I wasn't ready for this other thing. No, I love that. It's uh, I think that's obviously that's in in the in the script, but uh, also a lot of it is in the casting. You have an Mm -hmm. incredible cast here. I, I think about I think I talked about it back whenever I did the LA film fest, when we talked about it after LA film fest, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when the babysitter, uh, played by Jessica Parker Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, when she has this realization, she goes, I don't think there are any kids in this house. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny line, but she sells it in a way that you're like, almost like you feel this emotional journey that she's like intellectual, emotional journey. Like she's realizing, you know, that things aren't what she thought they were like. This, yeah. It's such a great moment. And, uh, um, I wonder if you could talk about the casting, how you came to get. Uh, yeah. Such like a great that cast. is, that is such a perfect example of, of, yeah, we, we couldn't b- believe like the cast that was assembled for it. Um, and yeah, Jessica's such a, a perfect example. Um, and actually while, while we were filming it, she, there was a day that she came in and I'm like, I'm a big, you know, comic book reader. I've always been like a big comic book kid. And she was like, I just had a meeting that I'm not allowed to tell you about, but uh, I may be doing something that you think is really cool. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And, and, and was super, super vague. And like a couple of weeks later, it was sort of the flash announcement happened that she yeah. was going to be this big character in the flash. And then, yeah, Chris red, we knew had gone and, you know, had auditioned for Saturday night live. And as we were, editing like a first pass of the movie that came out that he was on SNL and we we're like, what is happening? Like, yeah. This is unbelievable that we got these people. Um, so yeah, so, so the start, but of, then yeah, there's also the, uh, people who were already established, Jerry Connell. Chris exactly. Yeah. Asselton, so, yeah. so the first person who said yes was Katie. Katie Asselton was our first person who said yes. And it was like an a immediate that we were like, we're going to get to, to make this because she's such a, you know, that having that stamp of approval made this, you know, weird log line sort of crazy comedy, like people, there was a value to it that people were like, Oh, well, if, if someone who is so funny and also such a great actress and such like, you know, maybe on like the, you know, Mount Rushmore of like indie cinema people is like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It, it instantly jump started like, oh, we're, we're going to get to do it. And we we, we sent her the, the script and she read it and then reached out to to us, to me, uh, the director, Nick, and then Josh, who 
uh, is also one of the writers who also plays the detective character. Um, right, we should say that you you play the nerd. I don't, I, oh, I don't yes, know if right. we yeah. actually so, said that. So yeah, I'm one of the writers and I also play the nerd virgin character. And then Josh uh, Margolin, who's also one of the writers, plays Detective Cross. Um, and so she she reached out of to, to sort of gauge what we were like. Um, and so we just had coffee and we're just sort of chatting and she just like immediately jumped into it and had these thoughts and ideas. And it was like instantly a partner, which was great. And we walked outside. She was like, yeah, I'm in. So let, so whenever and, and I'll do it. And once that happened, we sent it. I think the next person was Christopher McDonald who plays my dad, who is like the overworked sort of cuck of all those movies who like, (laughs) somehow is like never paying attention to his wife who's in lingerie and walking around. And he's like, I, I, I'm so stressed at work (laughs) or whatever they are always saying. Um, and yeah, so he, he came on pretty early on too. And he had one note for us, which was the one like big change to the script that we made is his character was the only one that didn't have like an arc to it. He was going to stay totally the stock character who's like just a, a dick who does not change, doesn't listen, doesn't grow at all. And he was like, I love the script. I love the part. And I can, I, I can do that very well. Basically is what he was saying of like, I can be the guy who's just, you know, horrible. Kind of what he does. Exactly. He's like, I've done it sort of so many times. Is there a way that you could give him some sort of, you know, if it doesn't mess with everything, sort of like redemption or like little tiny change. And I'm really glad we did because it, he has a scene towards the end that we, we shot it. It's it basically just like a close up on him sort of pontificating about death and like, this life that he's led and <laughs> it's it, it it has this like crazy blue background and he like sort of looks like um like Lex Luthor almost like having this crazy crazy existential thing and we were like oh yeah he's like an incredible actor mm-hmm. that we were going to be like don't act <laughs> like we'll do uh, we'll do the acting thank you and like thank god we didn't um and yeah, so so after that we had we had those two people. We had two other people cast in different roles who both uh dropped out. One person had to go and make another movie, and then another person um we had shoot a a day and then they dropped out hmm. after like a day of of shooting because of, you know, there are a few stories of why I don't really know totally what is the reason. Um, and then Jerry O'Connell came in after that. So and and the original person was like, he plays my uncle in the movie. And there was an actor cast who was a year older than me to play my uncles. And we were like, okay, so that's like, you know, it'll be more of a joke of like playing on the age thing. Uh, but yeah, it was like, we were sort of stuck of like, we don't know what we're going to do. And then a few hours later they were like, yeah, Jerry O'Connell is in to do it. And we were like, Oh my God, <laughs> like the luckiest thing that could possibly happen happened. Um, and, and his, his performance is a lot of fun as yeah. well, because like 
you know, he started out in his, I mean, he's been around for decades at yeah. this point, but like started out as kind of this very lovable young actor. Totally. And then just sort of in the last probably 10, 15 years, transitioned into Christopher McDonald type parts. Yeah. Just, and being completely unselfconscious about yeah. it. And just like, I'm going to commit to being just this monster of a character. It was amazing. Yeah. And he has. But it, it's, it, it's a crucial role. Oh, sure. he's 100%. It, within the thing you guys are talking about, about like characters locked into their in to get highfalutin about it in Plato he's, terms, he's the first one out of the cave, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the first one who changes things totally. Yeah. And he, yeah, the the first there we had like this wardrobe, you know, day where uh, most characters are in like one outfit the entire time because it just takes place like over a day. Um, there's a few flashback scenes that that I also really love, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about those later. Um, and he in the beginning is just in a very small like leopard print thong that he had was so was kind enough to be like, yeah, I'll come out and do, you know, this movie. We had him for like a few days and he showed up and we sort of showed him <laughs> that we're like, you're also kind of just wearing this. And he was like, great. <laughs> and it was just, he was so game for it and like was sort of strutting around in it, made everybody else feel comfortable. Cause it was like, it was a young, you know, crew as well. Like the writers, we had never made a movie before. And yeah, all of these people like Jerry included coming in that were just like so game and helpful. And part of it made it like so, so much fun to film. And I, I, I don't think anybody really had these like uncomfortable moments which was nice even though we're you know playing in this world that's both about you know murder and also you know pornography and you know it always felt like lighthearted and fun um and yeah and the and uh stephanie drake um was sort of the last piece to come in who plays uh dr bunny uh, Van no, what's Clit. The, 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 yes. There we go. Thank you. Dr. Bunny Van Clit. Uh, no offense to you, my favorite character in the movie, oh, Dr. Bunny. Oh, I, yeah, I completely understand. Um, and I, I feel like uh, uh, whenever I tell people about this movie, I'm like, you know, Stephanie Drake, she's the one that Christina Hendricks threw a plane, a model airplane exactly. at on Mad Men. And some people are like, oh, I know oh, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. who yeah. that is. Yes. I don't know if you got that far into Mad Men. I don't think I got that far. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's what I knew her from. She's, like, yeah, like, she's the best. Like, the sweetest person in the world who, like, w- when she first came in, we were like, oh, man, she always plays the, like, she's so sweet and, like, bright-eyed and open that we were like, oh, is she going to, you know, want to be a part of this? And was so much a part of it and was like, she was like, I'm doing this because like, I think this is so funny and fun. And yeah, so she was sort of our last piece, luckily enough. And she was nice enough to like, she, she did a, a a self tape. She self taped something and, and sent it in. And like the second it started, we were like, thank, thank God. Like, this is exactly the person, this like very sweet, um, but also like, comes in as like the blonde bombshell and she was so funny and like it, it, it that was like the first day I remember when we were filming it, that we had everybody on set and it was one of the scenes where we're standing in the front when we opened the, the front door sort of is like you know a character in the movie because that's like the 
that is the last line of defense for them basically. Mm. And it's, it's the one obstacle that keeps like asking to be opened to let other things into this world. And there will be a knock on the door and a few different times in the movie, these other characters try to enter the world to like get it back on track of you remember you're in a softcore porn yeah. and like more tropes are, are sort of like banging on the walls to get in. And there's a, a slow-mo shot where we open the door and sh- the Stephanie turns and it's like revealed that this is going to be the love interest moment. And I remember in the edit, it was such a like gift to be like, that's such a likable person in this, you know, you see Jerry O'Connell who's playing like kind of a madman. Um, Christopher McDonald is like really being like a real jerk. And then there's, you know, there's all these jokes happening and there. We have this like center, this like moral center of like, Oh, that's the person that I can so easily root for. Um, and comes in and, and, yeah, it starts sort of the whole thing off. Our weather scientist coming into the house. And that's <laughs> right, because there's a storm outside. Yes, she, she <laughs> lets everyone know that a, the, a storm is coming, which is why none of us can go outside because of the storm. Um, but every time you see the outside, it's, it's right, the brightest, beautiful day. Yeah, we shot it in L.A. in like July. We were like, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then a house that's all windows. And we were like, yeah. So then it got us thinking of like, we do want these stock shots of LA where it's, you know, not a cloud in the sky. And then the idea of a, of a storm sort of becomes our metaphor throughout the movie of like this change is coming. That's going to, you know, sort of wipe away, you know, the world and there each character has a very specific sort of cracking moment of their psyche that we highlight, you know, underneath in the, you know, in the sound and in the score that there's always like a little thunder that sort of comes in as this is happening, um, of, of, you can see them understanding life and death and all of these things. And it usually, when you were talking about like, you know, when things are wrapping up, ramping up to something that sort of felt like our sex moment in a slasher that it was like, (laughs) Oh, that person had sex. So, you know, they're going to die. And when they sort of have these existential thoughts and you hear the little like thunder that we were sort of indicating, like they've sort of hit the end of their. Road. Yeah. Well, you said a bunch of words there that are all <laughs> things that I was that, that what I, I was already thinking about oh, for my next question, which is that uh, this is a horror informed movie. Uh, and so it's a slasher type movie. There are some like grisly death right. type, uh, you know, kills, I guess is the horror, <laughs> the slasher movie word. There's yeah, kills. some, some good kills, but you mentioned the flashbacks earlier mm-hmm. and that I feel like brings in like a different, t- a more existential level of yeah. horror. And yeah. I don't want to give away to the listeners. Yeah. Who haven't seen right. Yeah. I'm sort of doing what the, the same flashbacks. Not, yeah. If people are, want to but, watch it, which I hope they do. Um, that I do think is, is, is the creep part of the movie to me. Um, it, it was originally, I think written for us like totally as a, as a joke. There are these flashback scenes that are put into the movie th- because a character is watching home movies. Um, the character at my character actually at a low point of like not knowing what to do and the sort of, you know, wrap yourself in a blanket, watch home movies to feel better type thing. And he's watching 
these home movies that are from decades ago and everyone is the same age. Yeah. And the fact that us, us basically saying like they, they never get out. They, they are this, they have been this forever. They don't age out. They, they are like the movie has said, like you are the nerd, you are the MILF and that is it forever. Yeah. Um, and it mostly plays to like big laughs, but I, I, I do like the, the existential sort of creepy thought of like, oh, this really isn't that fun for mm-hmm. them. And when you look at it from the standpoint of the, this is the this is a family, it's right. the, the Dangler family, the Dangler. obviously. Yeah, the Danglers, <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the thing. It's always fun talking about a comedy but like, <laughs> in a serious way because then you still have to say the comedy stuff, but in a way <laughs> that is like straight faced. Anyway, yeah, exactly. But there's this. It's a family, and there's like a negligent father, an oversexed and neglected mother and a son who's just left to fend for himself. Like, and then an uncle who's just kind of abusive and Mm -hmm. like, it's all of this stuff. And yes, it's played for humorous effect. But you know, to me, like when, when the mother character acknowledges that she hasn't been a very good mother, that combined with like these home movies, uh, because uh, again, I'm glad that you're affirming so much of what we're saying because when you do the critic <laughs> thing for so long, it's it's like see the movies about this and this and this, and then you listen to like one interview with the filmmakers, like oh, I guess I was just completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I saw something else. But, well, uh, yeah, you guys, I, uh, Gosford Pork, which was <laughs> oh, a, the, is right. one of truly like <laughs> the best. That and, is what I named my review. I oh, think. Yeah. yeah, it was so amazing. And I, yeah, it was like oh yeah, this. It, <laughs> Totally, what this is the yeah, this is makes it all worth it. Like making this movie for, yeah, like a serious film reviewer, people that know so much about film to be like this softcore porn comedy yeah. is sort of like Gosford Park. But it's well, but also, I mean, we're also a, big comedy nerds. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, that's I'll, true. I'll say, like, the main reason that I put it on my but when I saw the breakdown of the, the schedule for LA Film Fest that year, I recognized the name Nick Corey Rossi because mm-hmm. I know I'm a big enough comedy nerd yeah. to know some of his, his uh, internet uh, videos. I guess this is his first feature? Yes. Um, how did he come to be uh, involved? Um, so, uh, Drew, who was one of the uh, producers on the film, worked at Funny or Die, and basically said, um, have you thought, have you, do you know Nick Corossi? He does all of, you know, the videos at Funny or Die, usually the um, celebrity forward move, the, you know, shorts like Captain Planet and, you know, things like that that are, you know, have attracted a lot of celebs, but are also strange. They're, yeah. they're not the sort of, you know, uh, improv bitty, uh, you know, more like the, the Will Ferrell side of it. It's more these very specific, almost unnerving, uh, yeah. videos. Like he does the KFC one with John Goodman. That is one of my favorites. That's I like so yeah. nuts. Um, and they're all just a bunch of money mouths. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all take this turn. And just like in captain planet of, when Don Cheadle sort of has this horror stare, like about how he's just turning everyone into trees and plants, like human beings and everything that we were like, Oh, this, this feels right. And 
yeah, that it, that it was the same thing of Drew was like, I, I can, you know, sort of arrange getting Nick the script. Nick read it. And it was the same sort of thing of we all met, talked about it. And Nick had specific ideas of of what to make it look like and how it was like this type of comedy, um, which he always said, which which was what we were definitely trying to do, is that it's not comedies now seem to be a lot of people reacting to the silly person like Mm. somebody says something crazy and the laugh is on the reveal of people being like what are you talking about yeah and it was like we're not gonna really try to do that as much as it's it's very joke driven and it's that the people that are saying the things are are 100 in and that sort of it's not funny to them makes it inherently funny thing, which is, you know, sort of the, I feel like, like airplane and that sort of style of comedy that was like so joke dense, but it's also like this, these life and death stakes that the other people don't know they're in a comedy. While in a lot of comedies now it's like, we've got to, you know, let people know that we know this is silly. Um, while those movies were just like, you're either in or you're out with this style of comedy. Yeah, you know, uh, something, and we've talked about it on the show before, something, and of course any kind of comedy can work if it's done well, but like the last 10 years there's been a very specific, I've started calling it you look like comedy, where like a character will stay, it's like, you look like this, you look like that. Totally. They're, and it, yeah, and it's usually improvised. improvised and, yeah. Yes, yeah, and it yeah, can yeah. be very funny. Like totally, I, like yeah. Old friend of the show, Pete Holmes, uh, does that a lot, and he's usually spot on and hilarious about the, it. There's one it in uh, in Longshot last year where um, June Diane Raphael says to Seth Rogen because he's in this ridiculous outfit. It's like you need to stay here in case of any any citizens from Candyland near the cars parked. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, and that's yeah. a great joke. Of but, course, yeah. But You've when they're doing. Like, 18 of those and picking the best. Yeah. yeah, it gets it gets old. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the my favorite comedies, you mentioned Airplane. I feel like Dr. Strangelove is another one where it's like totally the, the characters are over the top, but they're all 100 percent committed. Yeah, None the of those world characters are is laughing. going to explode yeah. like everyone's going to die. And yeah, yeah I recently rewatched that and, and to watch people in the scene, like how many people sort of are turning their heads, not wanting to ruin mm-hmm. a take is and I love that, like, obviously that director is someone who, like, clearly knows everything that's going on mm-hmm. and keeps those in to sort of let you know, like, yes, this is this is a comedy, but and, and these are people putting it on. But it's also like we don't want to stop to, like, break and sort of celebrate each other. Yeah, it's very much like it's like we have a job to do. Please don't mess this up. Yeah. Like you hear stories about like Michael Richards on uh, Seinfeld and the like people would like break character and he would too sometimes, but he was just like, no, like we are here to do the serious business of comedy. Right. And, uh, and I think it really shows that like uh, there's a certain level of commitment as opposed to, uh, Hey, you guys, you, the audience, you get to pay to watch us have fun. Right. And totally. hopefully you have fun along the totally. way. Totally. Yeah. It is a, it is a slight change and like, yeah, exactly. I don't mean to sound like, Oh, all comedies now are terrible. Um, cause yeah, I remember like game night, which was a couple of years ago. I remember being like, this is yeah so great. Yeah. And like, I, I would love for like the studio comedy to really feel like this. Um, and 
yeah, the, the, the idea that we were making this weird movie and like, we knew it was so strange, but we wanted to 100%, you know, try to give ourselves over to it that we're not going to do the reaction shot of like, that person said this crazy thing and like, we know it's crazy. Right. Um, but instead being like, yeah, we're not here to make each other laugh as the actors as much as like, we're trying to hopefully have it, have the jokes land and sort of like speak for themselves a little bit more. And I do hope that like, you know, as, as the three of us and as David and I have, have talked about like the, I think very serious and very real themes of the film. I do hope that we are not undercutting <laughs> that it is a comedy and it's a comedy fun. first and foremost. Oh, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of, the, uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest laughs in the movie for me isn't even a line. It's the way that you and Chris read play video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of, yes, yeah, so we try to have these shots of like, these are not people yeah. really. There are these stock <laughs> characters and yeah, we have, these yeah these n64 controllers and yeah chris is just shaking his (laughs) um which was yeah not not at all in the script to do we were just were given these things and i was just doing something with the joystick and looked over at him and he was just shaking it i was like god that is so good and it fits so well because it's the kind of thing uh in a movie like this, it's just like, nobody cares what you're doing. So just totally. do something. 100%. Right. And yeah. like these guys, and it never, goes back to, yeah. yeah, the, the, I was sort of saying like the shimmy thing, everybody sort of feels <laughs> like they've got to be moving a little bit. And his is like <laughs> just in his wrist, like working himself up into a, you know, oh. well, um, people can find, uh, oh, yeah. deep murder on, on shutter and crackle. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned and, uh, at and you can probably just things. rent it elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. Amazon, oh, okay. uh, iTunes. I know uh, it's hard to believe that you can't watch a movie if it's not on a streaming <laughs> yeah. service, but yeah. you actually can. You can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it is, you know, very much a comedy. I hope people do watch it and enjoy it. Um, and yeah, if, if you like it, show it to other people. Yeah. I think it's really fun to watch, you know, with friends and, you know, really make uh, a night of it. And if you need yeah. to watch a number of Cinemax movies to get people in the Please right headspace, support do the that arts. first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please <laughs> yeah. go out, find all the soft cores that you can. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me and being, you know, so nice about the movie and, and talking about it has been so massive for us for a small movie like ours. Mm. So thank you. Well, um, you can find my review, uh, titled Gosford pork at battleship That's where you can find That's one all of your of better our titles, earning. by the way. I'll oh, say that. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, titling reviews is like maybe the best part of writing. This. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty bad at it, but yeah, sometimes I, uh, you know, a stop clock is right twice a day. There you go. All right. Uh, those are at battleshipretention.com. You can follow us at David at battleship. Sorry. You can email us at David at battleshipretention.com or Tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Davy pretension. Um, and you can follow Tyler at Tyler pretension. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to, to mention right now? Uh, over more than one lesson, I did do an episode about the Irishman. And so okay. you can, uh, you can go to more than one lesson.com and, uh, check that out. And then also a reminder that my documentary real redemption is coming out on faith life TV on March 4th. There is an official date now. Ah, and as well, as long as we're plugging things, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Indeed. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com is a special pretension and, you know, subscribe and like, and re- rate and review this show. Uh, Quinn, where can people find you on the internet? Oh yeah. Um, find your work. 
at uh, well, if you see the movie and you want to say something about it to me uh, on Twitter, uh, it's at Quinn. Thanks. I found that I said thanks a lot, and I was like, yeah, I'll just go with it. That's a good one. Um, yeah, and then um, other than that, yeah, writing some other things, trying to figure out uh, what to do next in sort of a similar world, and uh, yeah, I'll let you know. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 